0: Good Friday morning, everybody. Yes, I am back. And I'm Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida.
2: And I am Lisa Wysocki. Today, I am in Nashville, Tennessee. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, July 22nd, episode 2979. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse people.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you know what starts tomorrow, Lisa? What starts tomorrow? The Mongol Derby starts <gasps> tomorrow. Now this... I know. This is the first of two Mongol Derbies this year, because they're making up for the years they missed and all the people that were had paid deposits and didn't get to go. <laughs> so it starts tomorrow, and we're having Daredevil Devin back with us. She comes back with us every year to help uh, help us cover the Mongol Derby. She's going to be talking about who to watch and whose dots to follow. So
2: Awesome. I can't wait. I and, love the Mongol Derby.
0: And I think earlier in the week or last week, Jennifer replayed the Leslie Wiley episode ta- when she talked about her Mongol Derby experience. Was which was a wild ride. So. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> so if you yeah. missed that, go back and take a listen to that. You'll just see it in your podcast player there. Plus, we're going to talk about some expensive briars, some horse card games, and some really bad ads. And in really bad ads today, we have to apologize because apparently some people have been sending in voice ads, but they've been getting mixed up in the voicemail system with the all of the uh, messages coming in for our 3,000th episode. So. We discovered that, oh, we missed a lot of voicemail ads. So today's going to be a lot of you guys on Really Bad Ads. Today, Lisa and I, we, we don't have to work as hard, so that's
2: good. I like <laughs> we that. like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, in the Auditor Post Show, I have some summer humor for you. We're going to talk about the seasons. Uh, and where are you at? You're in Tennessee. Is it hot there like here?
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's, I think the heat index today is going to be somewhere around the neighborhood of 112, 115, you know, I mean, just, just your usual summer day in Tennessee.
0: You know, it makes me feel better though when I look at the temperatures here in Ocala and we're. Always between ninety and ninety-five, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's a thousand percent humidity. I give you that. Yes, but, but yes. then when I look at the rest of the country and everybody's hotter than us, so yeah, like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Crazy. Well, and I, and I mean, we're complaining about the heat here, and we've got some legitimate, you know, concerns. We've have we have a horse who's got some heat issues. But then I look at where Jamie is, where where Jamie usually is. She's not there right now, but you know, in Oklahoma and Arizona and some of those places, and it's worse than what we have. So.
0: You know, I, I, one of my Colorado friends today posted it was going to be 103 real temperature. In Colorado. Wow! Like, oh my god! Oh my goodness! And Jamie is not here. She'll be back on Monday. She's on vacation. They're in Colorado, actually having a good time, and she's been yeah. posting pictures all week. It looks like a lot of fun they're having. Uh, and uh, I can't believe how big Lucas is getting. He's getting huge. And I remember him being born on the show. I mean, he was practically <laughs> almost born on the show. So exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> I think she
0: was back a couple days later. Yeah. So, uh, one other thing I did want to mention is we are getting the voicemails have been coming in. Thank you for everybody who sent in voicemails for our 3000th episode. If you would like to participate in that, uh, go to horseradionetwork.com on your phone and then click on the voicemail line on the right hand side of the page and it'll open our voicemail system. You just hit record. You record your message and it. By magic sends it to us. So if you, so it's so easy to do. It's so simple. The sound is always good that way. If you would like uh, to wish us a happy 3000th, tell us what the show has meant to you. Uh, you know, when you started listening, whatever message you want to give to us for the 3000th episode, which is a very, 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 very rare event in the podcasting world. Uh, we will play them all that day. And I wanted to say we haven't gotten any songs yet. All of you Radiothon song people. Uh, get working. We have a week to do this. We have to do get these in by the end of July so we can get them edited. So you have one week to come up with a song. I would love to play a song at the beginning of the show that one of you guys has written and sung about our 3000th episode. So all of you song people get to work. All right. Uh and sing it and get it off to us. You can also sing it into your phone on a uh, on your memo or whatever and send it to us by email. But one way or another, we need the creative people, all of you radiothon creative people. Uh we haven't had radiothon in a couple of years. Maybe you've lost the creativity, but we would love to hear from you and love to have one song at least to start the show. Uh, you don't have to do a song if you call in, you can just tell us your message. We would love to hear that as well. All right, daily Winnie time.
3: Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to
0: you. We only have one birthday today, and that's Leah Horn. She's one of our terrific auditors. Happy birthday to Leah, and I hope you have a terrific weekend.
2: So, Glenn, um, Yesterday, I um, was in the barn, and I saw this uh, truck come up the driveway, and I thought, who is there? Because I wasn't expecting anybody. We had uh, volunteers were already there at Colby's Army, and uh, somebody comes out with this big package, and it was from Amazon. It was one of those Amazon delivery drivers, and, and I wasn't expecting anything, and so I thought it was addressed to me, and so I opened it up, and uh, it was a coffee mug, and on the coffee mug, it said, be careful or you'll end up in my book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so send it. <laughs> so perfect
2: for me. I love the coffee mug. I have a suspicion about who sent it. There was no note. Did no you think nothing. it was me at first? Well, I did. But 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 <laughs> I, wasn't I, me. I somebody I know I have somebody else in mind, but but you know, I just, you know, whoever sent this to me, thank you. I love it. I absolutely love it. Jamie and it's I could have terrific.
0: sent that to you. That would have been one we could, could have, have sent. sent yeah. You could <laughs> have
2: sent it to me. Yeah, and you know, those things are true, especially <laughs> for you
0: guys. <laughs> now, you're working on the fifth? Sixth. Sixth.
2: Working on the sixth Cat and Enright book, and uh, probably going to be out sometime in the spring.
0: And um, Scooter is playing a little bit of a role in, in the book I know, this time. She asked me yeah. for some Scooter bio, so I told him about it yesterday when I was out. And he was yeah. very excited because he's already famous. So he's very well, excited that he, he could be, you know, a, a, in a book.
2: I'm glad we made Scooter excited. Yes. Yeah. He wants yeah. to
0: know if he's the killer because he well, would love to be the that. killer. Actually, because you know, Scooter, <laughs> he's up for an adventure. <laughs>
2: he is up for an adventure, but I can't tell him that right now. Okay. So, you
0: know. <laughs> Speaking of that, are we going to be TV stars? Can you? Is there any new news on the TV front?
2: So so the news on the T V front is is the the series has been optioned by um a cable network by the parent company of a cable network. I can't really say which one yet. I will say that um uh, we have a producer in place, we've got a script writer in place, um, we've got a script being worked on and you is know, it based on the first book or are they or uh, just overall? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's just kinda overall but but Based on on the first book, um, probably we will be shooting in Canada.
0: Oh, wow! So, yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I, literally, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Jamie would make a great cat unright. I think she can would do the southern she? accent. She's got it.
2: Yes, down. Yeah. and she's got the attitude. She yeah. could totally. do Oh, it. she
0: definitely has the attitude of cat. If anybody's read any of your books, <laughs> they yeah. know that Jamie she has could that attitude.
2: Totally. totally <laughs> she could do pull
0: it. that off without acting.
2: <laughs> yes, it just just be her. Yeah, yep. exactly.
0: So I'm I'm voting for her. She could get her SAG card. She could do this. She could do this. Yeah. yeah. She could do it now. Yeah, when it absolutely. means option, does that mean you're rich or does that mean you're not rich?
2: That means I'm not rich yeah, yet. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. So
2: yeah, it's it no, and and I, I have to split the money with the publisher, so they get a, you know a chunk of it too. So and then the agent gets a chunk of it. So. You know,
0: that's that's the thing about these deals. People don't realize there's 12 hands in the pocket, you know, and yes, you know, even these sports stars who get these big contracts, you know, they're getting part of that.
2: (laughs) Yes. And then then there's taxes on top of that. So, you know, you you, you see these big numbers and really to to option a a book, you know, you're looking at a a very small percentage of the overall production budget, you know, and then by the time you, you know, you split it with the publisher and the agent and and Uncle Sam, you know, it's a it's a much smaller amount. Now, do you get mailbox
0: money like, after or does a writer uh, not get that?
2: So, yes, so it depends on your deal. Like So like uh, my book, Front of the Class, that I wrote with Brad Cohen, um, Hallmark made a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie out of it. And that was a flat fee. So okay. it was just, you know. So you however, don't get your
0: 29 cent checks. So.
2: No, no. no, darn. But they would add, <laughs> add up, you know, it would be really nice.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> Hallmark tends that. to play things over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, they do. They do. And, and that. That movie, um, Internet Movie Database, IMDb, uh, just named, front of the class, the number one Hallmark movie of all time. Really? They did.
0: Well, congratulations.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, now you're I, wishing I, you didn't do a flat fee. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but when you work with Hallmark, that's the only deal you get. Oh, wow. It's like, take it or leave it. There's well, no I mean, that's still bragging,
0: right? You should have that everywhere. I, I, You should have that on a mug.
2: I should have that on a mug.
0: (laughs) Number one Hallmark movie was mine.
2: So if anybody wants to send me that, I.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was it called again in case
2: somebody wants to check it out? Uh, Front of the class.
0: Front of the class. All right. Front of the class. Yeah. Hey, there was big news earlier in the week in Florida, um, and this was all over the place. (laughs) This was all over. Everybody that lives in Florida was talking about this. So when I go to the Orlando Airport, I take the Florida Turnpike. So we we head down 75, and then you hit the Florida Turnpike. And then you take the Florida Turnpike pretty much right to the airport. And uh, the Florida Turnpike is, Route 75 is always backed up, especially near where we live, because we live about two minutes now from the uh, exit here at uh, Route yeah. 75. And it's the exit, for those that have been here in Ocala, it's the exit you get off to go to Don Garlits. Racing Museum or to go to the Florida Horse Park.
2: So, so Glenn, is this one of those those turnpikes that has, like, 87 bazillion lanes? No, or, in, no, no in some spots... It's parts, more a four-lane
0: thing? It, most part, parts, it's uh, two lanes each side. Uh, and then it okay, gets it. wider in some parts. I think this was okay. in the narrower part where this happened. Okay. But, uh, so a guy's driving down the Florida Turnpike from Alabama, and he gets uh, a good ways down the Florida Turnpike, and all of a sudden, he discovers that his uh, truck is on fire. Oh, no. His semi caught fire, prompting him to pull over. Yeah, that would prompt you to pull over.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: And so he had 70 head of cattle in the back. Oh, my uh, goodness. And now his truck is burning, and he's going, well, I got it. I could, only one thing I can do, and he did the he did the right thing. He opened the doors, but now you have seventy head of cattle on a very busy Florida turnpike, so, oh. <laughs> and of course they're a little freaked out, so they were all over the place. Uh This t- happened in the morning. It took till three thirty in the afternoon to reopen the turnpike. Oh, because my they were chasing these cattle around, and a, you know a, I was watching some of the videos. There are. No, cattle tend to stay in groups, except that they have yes. their own groups. So it was just one group. It was several groups, right? Yes. That were scattered all over the turnpike. And at times, I don't know how they got... Well, in that part, there might not have been a guardrail in the middle. There might have been grass. So right. they got onto the other lane and they had to close down the other lane, too. So hours and hours people were sitting there waiting for these cops to round up the cattle. Um, so it took a long time. And they, oh. I'm happy to report nobody was hurt. Nobody was injured. No cattle were hurt, but one cow still has yet to be recovered. And they know where this cow is. It's on the right shoulder of the road. But like always, this cow was having no parts of going back in the truck. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, apparently they were still trying to figure out how to round up this particular cow. So smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's always it- one though, isn't there?
2: There, there always is one. And, you know, I, I saw a little bit of this story, too. And I saw I heard that traffic was backed up
0: for 30 miles. It was 30 miles. Now, one, and we all have our traffic backup stories, right? We were in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. coming across the state, and I remember we're heading toward Allentown or something. And it was a highway, and that was the longest I think we'd ever backed up. Everybody was out of their cars, uh, was sitting on the, you know, every, people got chairs out of their cars and were sitting along the road. I think it was like eight or nine hours. People were um. walking off the highway, leaving their cars to go find a bathroom, you know, because <laughs> you got to go to the bathroom.
2: I mean, <laughs> Well, you do, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I had given a clinic down in Birmingham, Alabama a couple of years ago, and I, I started back up the freeway toward Nashville. And this was maybe in February in Alabama, and all of a sudden, a snowstorm hit. And this was maybe eight or nine o'clock at night. And within an hour, there was six inches of snow on the ground. And so I will tell you this, Alabama has no snow plows. No. So, so we're salt. we were, we, <laughs> or salt or anything. And so everybody came to a screeching halt and, and seriously, I sat there for eight hours. And so, it was cold, but people were going around sharing their water and, and people were car hopping into other people's cars to watch videos or play card games. And, uh, Uh, one, one people, one, uh, people had, uh, an RV, so they were letting them use the bathroom and, and, you know, it was like, it was amazing. And you know, what's, what's even more amazing. You just, you zigzag around and, and I get to the Tennessee state line. Roads are absolutely clear right at the, right at the
0: line. (laughs) Six
2: inches of snow here and clear roads here. Tennessee though
0: is a little higher, so they get a little bit. You know, in the mountains, especially. Yeah, Yeah.
2: we got a little bit more more snow, a little bit more ice. But I did see one snowplow in Alabama, and what it was was a road grader with a bucket on it with a guy all bundled up wearing a muffler and a little Ford Ranger pickup with a yellow light
0: on following him behind. (laughs) That was their snowplow. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Alabama. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> I, I should put in there, I should put, uh, I'll do this in the auditor room. I will put a post today after the show that asks, uh, how long have you been, what's the longest you've ever been stuck on the yeah. highway? I, I got to do yeah. that. All right. I'll do that yeah. today. There'll be some great stories for sure. And for all of you that were bugging the hell out of me about putting up the wedding picture, the, our wedding picture with Jennifer from our medieval wedding, uh, Jennifer found one and put it up. So it's in the auditor room right now. You can go check it
2: out. I saw that. You, lo- you looked very king-like.
0: Yeah, well, and there's a story behind that. We had those costumes because we had a medieval wedding. We were we owned an acting company that did medieval yeah. stuff at that point. But, you know, obviously Jennifer didn't want to wear her normal queen's outfit, so she had that dress made, which was beautiful. However, yeah. The guy who made it turned out to really flake out at the end. And he made my costume, too. And it, my costume was not anything like I really wanted it to be. It turned out okay. You know, it was fine. Right. Hers was, by the time wedding day got there, We a lot of it was being held up by pins in the back. It wasn't done being <laughs> sewn. I mean, it looked beautiful. It turned out okay. Uh, right. But but it was being held up by duct tape. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
2: Oh, my goodness. She There's was pretty always pissed. <laughs> a use. There's always a use for duct tape.
0: That's true. And we did have, we had a reception all of our performers performed for us, uh, performed for everybody at the reception, but they wrote special stuff for the wedding. And one of our performers uh, did calligraphy and she was one of our singers and and uh, she's very clever. And she wrote mm-hmm. this elaborate poem about us and did it in calligraphy with all the fancy scrolls and everything like you see in the old books and oh, had fun. it framed and it's still hanging in our bedroom today. So,
2: oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. And we got to see her on the road tro- show last year. Two of our performers that we hadn't seen in 25 years came and met us at the campground. We spent a day together and it was so much fun to see them both. Um, oh, that's great. Talk about the old days because we did 450 shows. We did a lot of yeah. shows. <laughs> I
2: mean, yeah. Was, yeah. That's a lot. It was a lot of shows. That's
0: a lot. But, Anyway, let's hear from Kentucky Performance Products, and then we're going to talk about the Mongol Derby with Devin Horn. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijool Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, EquiJoule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose EquiJoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
0: Well, coming up next is somebody that we've had on the show a million times. Her name is Devin Horn. We call our Daredevil Devin because she is. She's a 100-mile ultra runner. She has a black belt in one of the martial arts. I'm not sure which one. She's an ultra-long-distance endurance rider, and she's done the Mongol Derby several times, and she helps us do the coverage of the Mongol Derby, which starts tomorrow. We're going to find out all about that. Now, Devin's sound was not the best. She was doing this at... She was sneaking in doing this interview at work, and it was on her laptop microphone, which I think needs replaced. So, But you can hear her, you can understand her, and I cleaned it up as best I could. It's fine. You'll, you'll understand everything she says. It just sounds a little muffled, but that's why she was trying to do it at work. So let's listen to Devin and find out about this year's Mongol Derby. What's that time of year? That's right. The Mongol Derby is going to start one of two this year. We'll talk about that. And as always, we have Daredevil Devin back with us to talk about it today. Devin Horn, how are you? I'm doing great, Glenn. How are you? Good. So Devin, of course, has ridden the Mongol Derby about what seems like 100 times. Um, She's helped me with my coverage of the Mongol Derby every single year. So I appreciate you being back to do it again this year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's pretty much my favorite time of year is uh, watching all the dots cross the step and rooting for people who are taking on the challenge.
0: Now, you've run it twice or three times? I can't remember.
3: Uh, I have started the Mongole Derby three times. I, um, I have finished twice and once I DNF.
0: That's right. That's what I thought it was. Okay. So, and you have helped me in kind of evening live coverage here that we've done on the show in the past, too. I remember specific one year when, when, uh, uh Leslie Wiley was riding. We 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 covered it every night that year. It was, it was it was a lot of fun. A lot of work, but it was a lot yeah, of fun.
3: Yeah, it was like being um it was like being like an ESPN sportscaster. We were like deliberating on what she could possibly be doing and what she was facing and going through. It was super fun.
0: <laughs> now, nobody else uh I kind of volunteered her for that and uh the stories after were dramatic. We won awards on her stories after, actually. Um, wow. But uh, nobody else has volunteered from our group since then. So, <laughs> <there's>...
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's an incredible undertaking, Glenn. Um, more so this year for the writers who um, have been trying to go over and get this done since 2020, 2021. This year they're doing two derbies just to catch up on the people who, who have had their adventures delayed. So even more so this year, there's people who have really put at least 3 years of their lives toward getting this adventure done
0: cuz it was canceled in 2020 and 2021 right both years that is correct okay. yes so that's why we're doing two this year is to try and make up for all the riders who basically raised money you know got the money together and applied and got approved and then sent their money in and now uh they we have to they all would not fit in one ride right
3: Exactly. Uh, my understanding is that it's about a hundred riders who are going to be competing within the two races this year. So we'll have a July group of forty-seven, and then an August group of somewhere around the same number.
0: Those poor support people over there, um, <laughs> <laughs> poor Eric. So. Uh, What is the field usually? I remember it being around 40, 30 to 40, right, usually?
3: Yeah. um, You know, the very first year they did the derby was 10 riders, and ever since then, they've had about 40 to 45. Um, They've never had to do two races consecutively. So like you said, I bet that support people are going to be exhausted.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that, that is. How much time between the races?
3: I don't believe it's very
0: much. I think it's about a week. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the first race, which starts tomorrow. And we'll remind everybody the Mongol Derby is the longest. Can we say that still?
3: The longest and toughest horse race in the world. Yes.
0: I mean, they've started some others, but they're not quite as long. So let's talk about this. They're going to be riding across the steppes of Mongolia, and they change horses twice a day, right?
3: Um, more like four. Each horse does about 40 kilometers, which is between 20 and 25 miles. Um, so an average rider riding at the front very quickly will change horses three or four times a day. A rider riding towards the back, maybe two or three.
0: And of course, these are well-trained, warm-blood dressage horses, correct?
3: Oh, yeah. They never put a foot out of place. they can go to <laughs> sleep on them. They're very mild-mannered and docile. <laughs> No, these are Genghis Khan's original war horses. The blood is completely untouched for you know thousands of years. They are semi-feral, which means that they don't enjoy being touched by humans. And every time you get on one, you essentially have to break it from the ground up.
0: And it, it's a wild adventure. We've all seen videos, of everybody getting on, and it's it's a trip. It's a trip literally. So are there times you're just sitting on there and a horse is just taking you for a ride for 20 miles? No, no, okay. no.
5: In the set in the space
0: of
3: a thousand kilometers, you are actively riding every single step of that race. Uh, looking at ground trying to keep your horse underneath you uh navigating it's all self navigated so you have to be working your gps every second it is a grueling grueling test of survivalism and equestrianism.
0: so do they give you waypoints okay this is your waypoint this is your next checkpoint and you just have to figure out how to get there or do they give you the path
3: no there's no route there's no path it's just you versus the step on a tiny little horse ranger Uh, doing the best that you can out there.
0: And these horses aren't very big. You know, that's funny. When you say Genghis Khan's, you know, war horses, we all picture, you know, 18-hand percherons. Um, But that's not the case.
3: No, no. The average uh, Mongolian horse is about 11 hands. So you'll see a lot of pictures of people who look like they need roller skates on their feet. Um, If a rider's particularly tall, it does look kind of funny. Uh, But these guys are, you know, carry... Those heavy Mongolian warriors just fine, and they um, they definitely give the the riders a run for their money every year.
0: Yeah, don't don't feel too bad for the ponies. These are tough ponies. <laughs> these are these oh are... no,
3: feel bad for the riders. <laughs> yeah,
0: this, the pony's going to win this one. <laughs> so. Uh, um so talk about the first field, the one that's heading out tomorrow. Well first we'll tell everybody where they can follow the dots. And what we mean by that is it's kind of become a thing following the dots every year is because they all have GPS trackers. And you can literally follow their dots across the Mongolian steppe from home at your at right sitting right there in your home. So where do they do that?
3: So it's uh, on the the website theadventurous.com, which we can link um through the courses in the morning. And there's a list of all of the riders who are going to be competing for the July edition. And also, there's a a big live tracking map where you can see exactly what routes people have been taking. Now, they normally the riders for emergency purposes and, you know, to send help if someone needs it. But it also makes it super fun at home to follow along and, and root for your favorite riders and double question, you know, their navigation decisions, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, It is kind of fun. We, uh, we have fun looking at the ones who end out really out in left field all by themselves. And you're going... Well, they got there, and it's usually because they're looking for their pony, because the pony took off. So <laughs> yeah,
5: sometimes it's the pony's decision to go in a navigationally creative
3: direction. Sometimes it's the rider. Um, it, you know It's all sorts of things, but it's so much fun to follow along and sort of try to figure that out on the fly.
0: <laughs> One other question before we get to, I want to ask you about who we should follow and who we should look at and who we should root for. Um, so will they, in both of these rides, will they ride the same course? Or do they, will they have two separate?
3: You know, I'm not actually sure. If I had to put money on it, I would say that it's going to be the same course or very similar, just because Support, the yeah. the amount of prep work and, and work that goes into scouting the, the course, getting the the thousands of horses that have to go into each edition, I believe they'll keep it pretty close.
0: All right, let's talk about the first group. And maybe we'll have you back to talk about the second group then. Yeah. All right. So, uh we have a bunch of Americans on this first group. I would say, you know, for the for this time, I don't this is mostly women. I remember other years we have, you know, a lo- uh, half and half. It seems like it's greater than that this year.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. The field is dominantly female this year, which is awesome to uh to see. We have a lot of really strong riders, a lot of strong American riders who either have um extensive endurance backgrounds. Such as Wendy Oswald, she's been an endurance rider who I've been lucky enough to ride with here in Texas, um, as well as people who have just gotten into endurance or specifically sought out endurance rides um, the past couple of years, training specifically for this event.
0: So, who should give us some names of people we should look for?
3: Um, I think my the person I'm rooting for this year is actually an Australian named Kathy Gabriel. She is a returning veteran who. Unfortunately, broke her arm in 2018 and um, was unable to finish. She's coming back for another go of it. Um, so I'm going to be rooting for her. Uh, also on the list are Janet and Julie, who are m- uh, mother and daughter team uh, from Canada and America. They're going to be riding together. Oh, that's I cool. I was speaking to them a little bit before they went over.
0: That's um, kind of neat, huh? And then, are they both riders? Yeah, it is. Endurance riders? Uh,
3: or? Yeah, they're not, actually. Um, Nancy is actually somebody who did the um, the COVID Derby a couple of years in a row when we were running that virtual challenge during the pandemic. Um, and I don't know if that's how she got into it or if she we use that as training. But um, it, those guys are are a real hoot and a half, and I'm really looking forward to watching.
0: Oh, we got a root for mother-daughter. That's that. There's a story there. That I love that.
3: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, Bianca farmers Griffiths and who else? Uh, Deidre Griffiths and who else? Heidi have all been um, training with Stevie Dalehart in California. Um, So they've gotten some really good endurance experience under their belts as well. Uh, And there's a couple other racers. uh, Who is that gentleman? One of the rare male. Well, there's one here
0: that has a name that beats all other names. Which one? Howard. Uh, I don't even know how to say his last name. He's from he's from Australia, maybe, or New Zealand. Uh, Howard Bassing-Thing-Weight. bassing wait. weight yes. <laughs> it's, it's a I lot of letters in that last name.
3: <laughs> you know, it, it's really deceptive. When you say cattleman um, in America, you think of somebody who, uh, you know, is a farmer or a rancher and raises stock cows, but cattleman in Australia has a completely different... Um, meaning and those guys are are our backcountry experts they're really tough riders so i would say he's a great one to watch as well he'll probably do pretty well out there
0: now i'm looking to see they don't have the ages you have to look through each one to get the ages but uh there looks to be a couple of older gentlemen here and ladies um they i don't think do they give their ages i don't see that uh they used to give their ages
3: Yeah, maybe maybe it'll show up on the tracker.
0: Yeah, because they used to give their ages, um, but there looks to be a couple that maybe are in their sixties.
3: Yeah, um, you know, I used to tell people uh, to to get out there as you know as quickly as you can because as you age, you know, the the endurance aspect does get a little bit harder. But ever since Rob Long won, you know, a few years ago, I really had to eat my words on that. He he really showed us that. Just because you're young and you have a lot of endurance and a lot of fitness doesn't mean that a better navigator won't be able to tackle the terrain faster than you do.
0: Now, I'm knowing several people that have done this. Um, and I just want for, for those, of the, those, those of you that are new to the Mongol Derby, it is t- this is mentally you're just going to be beat down and beat down and beat down and beat down i mean it's, it's it's crazy how much you're beat down by the end of this fifth to seventh day
3: yeah it's it's a mental it, it's like trying to climb everest complete a digestive test and have somebody beat the crap out of you for 10 days straight i think is the best way i can describe it to someone who has no idea what this takes um it it's just a an incredible, incredible challenge for anybody who even gets to the starting line, let alone covers a thousand kilometers in these conditions. It's just a magnet a, a huge feat for anybody who gets there.
0: It would just bother me not taking a shower for that long. That would ju- that would be the worst for me.
3: Yeah, um <laughs> that's definitely a, a concern. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that that'd be the thing that would bother me the most. So I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch again this year. We'll have you back to talk about the winter. We always have the winter on, so we'll make sure we get the winter on. Uh, but uh, also then we'll, we'll talk about the next batch that are heading out. And we'll see if we can get Eric from Mongolia. He's been on the show many times. We'll, uh, he's one of the organizers over there. We'll see if we can get Eric on in-between rides. He He's always a good sport about that stuff. So
3: You might have to wake him up. I'm sure he's going to be exhausted. <laughs> yeah.
0: And they, I mean, they have vet checks. It's like an endurance ride. They do have vet checks, and they have people that, you know, help with the health of the riders. And there is a hospital, although I hear it's a quite treacherous thing to get to the hospital, but um, there's always there's always facilities to help the riders and the horses here health-wise.
3: Yes, and the, the person who is making sure that all of the horses have veterinary care and all of the riders have access to, to emergency medical care and making sure all of the herders get the horses where they need to be, all of that is coordinated by Eric and others. So that's why I'm saying he's also going to be exhausted. Uh, riding the Mongol Derby is a huge challenge, but so is putting it on. So my my hats are my hat is off to all of the organizers of the Mongol Derby. They do such an excellent job.
0: I think the biggest challenge is the riders get so spread out. So they have these tent little tent cities set up uh, at the checkpoints and things, and the support team has to go from one to another to another to another to keep ahead of them. But they also have to keep enough people behind for the stragglers. Uh,
3: exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, you know, if a if a rider gets a little bit too far behind, they will sort of like force them to get in a van and, and move a little bit farther up the course for like a completion only. Um, that's one of the ways that they help mitigate it. They'll also hold the ride if there's any sort of like emergency situation, such as a flash flood or something that impacts the, the, the crew. Um, they'll also make the front runners stop if the, um, the, the supply train gets too stretched. They'll put on a mandatory hold and credit the race leaders in order to
0: make sure that everyone has access to safety uh, features. Well, that's good. Good. All right, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's reconvene about that. But before I let you go, I saw a picture of you with your dad. Now for anybody that doesn't know, we call her daredevil Devin because she's done so many bizarre things in her life. Um, but her dad, she got it from her dad who is an ultra, it's ultra marathon runner, right? Yes. How old is he?
3: Uh, he's just turned 65.
0: Yeah, I thought he was a little bit older than me. I've talked to your dad. We had him on the show when we were following you one year. And yeah, so we've talked to your dad, but, uh, he does these hundred mile over the mountain and through the woods races, right?
3: Yeah, he did. Um, we're actually just freshly back from the Hard Rock 100, which is the hardest 100 mile foot race in the world. Uh, my dad was competing. He did not finish this one, but he did make it to 60 miles. And some of the worst the San Juan's has to offer, so we're very proud of him. And I just got finished Troy for him doing that.
0: It was probably hot as hell, too. <laughs> it was, wasn't? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <too>. <laughs> it was pretty warm out there this summer for sure.
0: Well, sixty miles—that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, geez, <laughs> it's like no, none of us could do that. So you were in exactly. this big leg contraption in the picture. I mean, from from your from your waist and basically to your ankle. What's going on?
3: Uh, so, unfortunately, last October, I was riding uh, a green horse in an endurance ride, um, and I unfortunately parted ways with him and dislocated my knee. Uh, the good news, though, is that I, I kept hold of his reins, and when he set back, I popped back up and relocated the kneecap where it was supposed to be. Oh. So, um, I Nice of you to fix yourself that like no- that. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. The universe aligned, my kneecap realigned, everything was going well. Um, and for the next several months, I finished the, ride, the race, by the way, uh, for the next several months, I just thought that it was healing itself, it's healing itself, everything's going to be fine. Um, it turns out, though, when I did eventually drag myself into an ortho that I had torn my medial patellar reticulum, I think is what that's called. So I did have surgery to go in and replace it with a cadavers, and I am now eight weeks post-op.
0: So how long will it take for this recovery and is it just killing you?
3: Um well it's, it kind of comes and goes cuz the first couple of weeks you're too drugged to care and then the middle of it you're too you know you're you're too ginger to really want to do anything. And then now that we're about at eight weeks, it really is starting to kill me a little bit. And I am <laughs> contemplating chewing my own leg off. So, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, recovery is one of the hardest things that athletes have to go through. Um, and you just have to take it in stages and understand that pushing right now will exacerbate and lengthen the time that you can't do what you want to do. So you have to just sort of trust your doctors and, and figure out how to live with what you can do now so that you can run later. And, um, all you realize really well, you I just said that to a battle. bunch of
0: horsewomen who never listen to their doctors at all, right? You, you re- I
3: know, I know. And that's <laughs> that's something that I, I do kind of want to talk about, um, just for my own sake. I, I've done that so many times in my life. I've made things worse uh by not listening to doctors, and I've made the the healing time of my own body longer or less effective because i haven't listened um and so this time i really dedicated myself to my physical therapy and listening and you know they, they told me i'll be back on my feet in september so i'm I'm hopeful for that
0: wow that's a long summer huh yeah that's quite <laughs> know, a piece of that hardware you fun. have on there too by the way
3: yeah it really is and okay so i know that i just said all of that stuff about listening to your doctor <laughs> but i did hike 30 miles in in colorado um with my brace on and the funny thing is is that my my leg feels fine and my leg feels strong but this brace is at the end of its life uh it is holding on by a thread the hinge is squeaking like a mouse every time i move it (laughs) it's it's not great
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you have to sleep with it on
3: not anymore no At at the beginning i did though
0: god that'd be tough (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like, well i'm glad you're getting better we'll see you back uh riding doing crazy things here in no time i'm sure by the end of the year i'm i'll give you the yeah, end of
3: the year. i i actually booked a race uh at the end of september so hopefully i will be back in the saddle ready to so.
0: go <laughs> nothing like just getting back in and going for a race <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> yeah well thank you Devin. we always love having you on and i really appreciate you being here
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk to you later, Glenn, and uh, I'll pop in and ask for Derby updates
0: as well. Yeah, and let's talk in another week or so after the Derby's over before the next one. Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks, Devin. Well, I hope everybody follows the dots. If you want to follow the dots, you just go to the website now. It is called The Equestrianists. I put it in the show notes for today's show. Go there. You can see all the riders and bios of all the riders, and you can follow their dots over the next five or six days uh, in Mongolia and see how that works out. And hopefully we'll get Devin back to give us an update. And speaking of programming, next Wednesday is the running of the Chincoteague ponies. And we cover that every year. And one of our listeners, one of our terrific listeners is going to be there. They're going to be in kayaks. So we're going to get a live report from the kayak at the running of the ponies and, and at the Chincoteague. Uh, and then they, they they head them over and then they do the auction and all that stuff. And we've had a lot of our listeners buy uh, Chincoteague ponies at the auction over the years. So it's going to be fun getting a water side or on top of the water report. Next oh, that's going to be
2: amazing. Yeah. That, that's my bucket list. That's one of the things on my bucket list. I it's would not love that to far that. from
0: you, actually, really.
2: No, it's not. <laughs> no. It's not. And there's no reason that I haven't gone. It's just, you know, planning, I guess. But yeah, that'll be a fun interview.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to that. So we'll be covering that like we usually do. But uh, next up, before we get to really bad ads on horseyhooves.com, which we have them on the show all the time, I noticed this and I went, really? There's six of them? They have the six best horse card games. These are card games Ooh. that involve horses. Did you know I didn't know there was any. So um Well, I we we
2: have one. Um which one I have do you, one, you know but which I didn't know, you know you there have? were six. I've got the the Uno
0: for horses. Oh that's it. They have is it the Spirit one? Spirit yes. Untamed yes. Uno. So that's number one on the list, the Spirit Untamed Uno. Now that one I kinda got, right? I, I get that one. Yeah. Um yeah. and apparently that is the most popular of the horse card games. Is it? Yeah, I like it. It's fun. The, but the nice thing about Uno too is you can have a whole lot of players. Matter of fact, it's not very yes. good with two players. You need a whole lot of players, uh, yeah, to make yeah. that one fun. They have one yeah. called it's Top Trumps, which is a card company. Um, they have uh, one called Horses and Ponies and Unicorns. It says here it's entertaining and educational. This is a perfect card game for any horse lover. Put your horse knowledge to the test while learning about horse breeds from all over the world. In this game, you will see how different breeds measure up to each other based on their stats. I would love to see what they put in these.
2: (laughs) I know. I want this game.
0: See how the lovable Shetland measures up to the noble (laughs) Lipizzaner. That's kind of an unfair uh, battle between the two, isn't it?
2: You just don't know. They're, they're, you just don't know who's going to come out on top on that one.
0: And I guess they have unicorns in there, too. Uh, is that kind of like the Joker you have in a regular deck? You Probably. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably.
2: Yeah. That it's, sounds like a fun game, though.
0: Anywhere from 2 to 30 players. Oh, wow. Hey, next Horse Lovers Cruise, we'll have to get some of these games for the cruise. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's one called Hooray for Horses Card Game. Uh, It says it's fun and educational. It's a must for any young equestrian. The rules are simple, and the game is great for the whole family to enjoy. It features five different fun games to play and incorporates different horse breeds from all over the world. We're going to see a theme here, I think. (laughs)
2: Yes, (laughs)
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what the next one's called? Horse breeds of the world. Playing (laughs) cards. <laughs> Whether you're playing Crazy Eights, Go Fish, or your favorite card game, you need a quality stack of playing cards. Playing cards are great. So this is a regular deck of playing cards, only it has horse breeds on the back.
2: That's what it looks like. It, but yeah. I will say, the cards look pretty amazing. They're really, they're like, very colorful. Colors.
0: Yeah, it looks like paintings and stuff. Yeah. Um, the breeds yeah. include Belgian, Morgan, uh, Marwari, Percheron, Arabian, Appaloosa, and many others. Wow. They better have a quarter horse in there <laughs> This going to be well, what trouble. about a Hackney
2: Pony? Yeah, so anyway. a Hackney Pony in
0: there. Uh, yeah. The next one is DreamWorks Spirit, again, Spirit's back, uh, yeah. matching game. And what this says is, though it's not a traditional playing card game, this matching card game is great for improving memory. It is easy to learn and develop important critical learning skills. The game features 72 tiles that are beautifully illustrated with the horse... Uh, from the character Spirit. The game takes five minutes to learn and less than 15 minutes to play. I like that. Short and sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So there are two Spirit games. Seems to be a theme there. And then the last one is called Professor Noggin's Horses Card Game. That rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's an educational card game that encourages kids to learn interesting facts about horses and ponies. The card game combines trivia, true or false, and multiple choice questions. These are easy and hard questions to keep children engaged. You know what? I should buy this game, and we should have some adults on to see if they get the answers right. We should. I should do that. This would be a lot of fun. Yes, yeah. I should do that for the show. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do that. That's a good, good idea. So yeah. there, if you were looking for a game, if it's rainy where you are, it's too damn hot to do anything outside, go ahead and get yourself uh, some horsey card games. One other thing I want to talk about before we go to the show today to, to our really bad ads is the Briar horse auction. We covered Briar quite a few times leading up to Briar fest here on the show. And we talked about the fact that they have a horse auction and these are not real horses. These are Briar horses and the horses that they tend to put in the horse auction are hand painted. And sometimes they're one of a kind molds. So it's the only one you can get. And then it's hand painted. Do you know what
2: they're pretty amazing? Did
0: you see what the top horse sold for?
2: I see one here for sixteen thousand
0: dollars. No, it's not enough. The top one sold really? for sixty five thousand dollars.
2: Seriously.
0: It's Lone Seriously? Ranger Silver. Now, this is Lone Ranger Silver, but Silver is rearing and silver in this case has wings. So you know, I, I I'm blown And, and hand-painted. These are all hand-painted by artists and stuff. So these are not... You're not going to buy these... You're not going to buy these off the shelf. And before you go running to, uh, you know, check out your collection of briars, your your one in five million stamped briar is not going to be worth much, right? So... No. But, but here we had a sport pony of Fjord for $11,000. We had $9,000 an Arabian mare, Dapple Gray. We had a racking American Standard, standard Bread... Saddle bread, actually, for $17,000. Yeah. Wow. And I was just painted brown wow. because all saddle <laughs> are pretty brown. So
2: it's just- well, yeah. Yeah, you know, I have a friend in Western Washington State that, and she got, uh, a couple years ago, her husband gave her one of those little 3D printers for Christmas or her birthday or something. And and anyway, so she started doing all of these accessories for briar horses. She's, she's making, you know, cowboy hats and gates and saddles and all this stuff. And she's doing really well. And I think she was at Briar Fest this year.
0: Oh, these people drop a lot of money at Briar Fest. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is yes. just the auction. I mean, they, they sell all kinds of fryers there. They trade. They have all the accessories, everything. There's yes. one that's really creepy. If you find the multicolored jumper one, worth $12,000. So this is called Jumper Glossy. Bungie's flaggy pearly. I don't know how to say it. Okay. But it's this jumper horse that is a uh, polka-dotted jumper horse, right? Except the polka dots, in this case, in the front are black, in the middle are red, and in the back are gold.
2: Oh, I see it. That is a little weird.
0: It's a bizarre looking... And it's on a
2: stand. It's like, like on a clear stand.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a weird paint job. <laughs> I'm surprised that one went for 12000 actually.
2: I don't know, but if... if you're really into artsy things. It might be just your cup of tea, right there.
0: Now the Gypsy Vanner went for ninety five hundred, and uh, that is that is a stunning looking model. <laughs> I that is say. amazing. That'll get your attention because <laughs> yes. they. It's interesting too because they painted uh, all of the feet with the white feathers and huge white feathers on three of the right. feet, but on the one of the feet they painted them black. So. Yeah, it's kind of it's, strange. It's I I would have probably went went with all white, but I guess artistic license, right?
2: So, I guess so. Yeah, so there you <laughs> go.
0: There's your report. I, it was a lot of money made on Briars <laughs> this time. Holy cow!
2: Yeah, I, I you know, and honestly, if you if you have a little bit of artistic talent, you might want to think about it for next
0: year. Does it surprise you? I know I will get to really bad ads. I promise everybody, and we will have a post show. I have something funny for you in the post show, but yeah. I gotta tell you, I am surprised. We're, we're having a tough economy. Inflation's been f- through the roof. Everybody knows. Gas prices, food, pr- food prices are ridiculous. Um, so all of this yet, I haven't seen a decrease in spending on people's hobbies. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, if you really are
2: passionate about something, that's where you're going to put your money. And you're, you know, you might be eating rice and beans, but you're going to spend $65,000 on a briar horse.
0: (laughs) I mean, people are, you know, they're still setting records this year at horse shows with the number of entries. So, you know, you know, I know some people have curtailed, but a lot of other people are still going places. So
2: they are. And, you know, I did notice something, though, interesting when I was at my mom's earlier this month, you know, she lives on Lake Minnetonka outside of uh, Minneapolis, um, there are it's a huge lake with 130 miles of, of shoreline but anyway the boats were smaller this
0: year uh, the big boats
2: weren't out the big boats weren't out well i'll People tell you were, why the guy who
0: bought our yeah. camper sold his yeah. big boat uh, to because he He said it had three, he is one that had the three motors on the back. So, yeah, yeah, he said that when he had the favorite thing he liked to do on the lake he was on, it was huge. We have a lot of big lakes here in Florida. He would take Mm -hmm. it out and there's a restaurant on the other side of the lake. And he used to go over there for dinner and then come back on the boat. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said it was costing him now $500 to take the boat to dinner in gas. (laughs) (laughs) He said every time I took the boat out to go to dinner, it was $500. So he sold. Yeah, that's
2: the boat. just mind-boggling.
0: <laughs> he said to start that boat would cost him fifty dollars in gas to start it. Wow! <laughs> Before wow. you move.
2: Well, it's. I, I know that it's not miles per gallon; it's gallons no, per mile. It's gallons per mile.
0: Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And he said he could get about um, he and he did it in time. You know, he yeah. said he would. What was it? Four, five? I forget how many gallons for a half hour. It's crazy number. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Yes, I I think that people are not taking their big boats out as quite as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our our diesel trucks take a lot less than that. That's for sure. Exactly. All right. Let's do some really bad ads. I know you're all waiting for it. Pay it. I say, pay attention.
6: If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but.
0: That's right. It is time for really bad ads. That time of the week when listeners submit ads from Craigslist or Facebook or someplace, and we just have a little bit of fun with them. Normally we have prizes. I haven't gotten a new batch of prizes yet, and I'm working on a really big prize that might have to run over a couple of months, maybe till the end of the year. Uh, but we will, we will solve that. Everybody who's submitting now will be entered for the next prizes, whatever they are. So you're not, you're not being left behind. We're, we're making sure everybody's entered. And I apologize, as I said earlier in the show, to people who have been sending in audio, uh, through our voicemail line because they were getting mixed up with the 3,000 episode ones and Jennifer missed them. So we're going to get caught up on some of those today. And so we're going to have a lot of listener submitted ads. And if you submit your own ad, if you read it and send it in through the voicemail line, you get double the entries for the prizes. If Ooh. you do it in a dialect that is not your own, you get triple the entries. So, <laughs> so Starbright sent the first one in.
6: Hi, guys. This is Starbright, Hi, Starbright. from Portland, Oregon with a really bad ad. It is from the Facebook group, Official Oregon Horses, and it reads, For your consideration, 8-year-old Sorrel Gelding out of registered stock. Never got around to get him AQHA registered, so he is selling grade. This is a been there, done that ranch gelding. He has big motor that will never leave you hung out to dry. He's been in the branding pen. Would make a good rope horse with a little training in the arena. This gelding has speed at 15.1 hands. You'll be blown away as you're grabbing gears, trying to head that wild cow with her tail in the air off. (laughs) Or put him in a round pen and give lessons. I've never had a kid on him. He's good around dogs, saddling, worming, shoes put on. Hondo is the real deal. PM for more info and pricing. And there are some pictures of what looks like a nice horse and a very cowboy-looking dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So a couple things stuck out to me there. One was uh, never had a kid. Be great for kids, although we've never had kid on them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And uh, reading between the lines, uh, this horse is a bolter.
2: Oh, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely, he is. Yes. He'll yes. take and you
0: for a ride. He said that five times.
2: And that's why they're riding in the round pen because he yes, can't exactly. get too far.
0: It's <laughs> exactly, the first thing that jumped out at me, is he said yeah. several times, this horse going to take you for a ride. Yeah, <laughs> And he couched <laughs> it like that was a great thing. That was perfect. You oh, want to go absolutely. fast when you're trying to rope a cow.
2: Of course you do.
0: Maybe the Florida cow's on the turnpike. This would be perfect horse for that.
2: Perfect horse, yep. Yeah. Yeah, he could have
0: a race with the cars that are speeding by. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Start right. Thanks. And this is Monica.
7: Hi, this is Monica calling with another really bad ad. And it's actually not that bad, but I just think it's funny because of all the emojis in the ad. It's from Facebook. I think Oklahoma somewhere. Here we go. Gandalf emoji. Frodo. Gandalf emoji. 10-year-old grade gelding, 14HH, hand emoji, barrel emoji, played a horse, (laughs) knows the pattern, barrel emoji, great on trails, has been ridden in parades and by younger children, was owned by a 7-year-old in the past, gets along great with other horses, horse emoji, neck reined, double-pointed arrow emoji, W slash T slash L, red X emoji, Zero buck, zero bite, zero kick, zero bolt. Ghost emoji. No spook. Easy to load slash unload. Easy keeper. Hand doing the OK sign emoji. No maintenance required. UTD on syringe emoji and negative (laughs) coggins. Forward arrow emoji, forward arrow emoji, forward arrow emoji. Located in Stephenville. Backward Backward arrow emoji, backward arrow emoji, backward arrow emoji. Circle with a, re- a cross through it emoji. No trades, no tire kickers, no low ballers. Prices are firm and not interested in consigning. Serious increase only. PM for carrot
0: emoji. <laughs> That's the best part of the land. <laughs>
2: So have you ever had an ad sent in that was entirely emojis? No, well, that one sounded like it
0: was mostly emojis. (laughs) It
2: was mostly emojis. But that would be cool. That would be cool. Somebody should do that.
0: Now, we have – there are emoji people and not emoji people, right? Um, You know, And I just find finding the right emoji takes forever. Writing an ad like that with all those emojis, maybe some people are just good at knowing where the emojis are. It just takes me forever to find the one I want. Right, right, yeah. We have a mutual friend. Who, t- who sends emails with a million emojis. Oh, yes. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I know
2: exactly who we're, t- who we're talking about. Yes, absolutely.
0: And how yes. she... Do you think... Is there a way to save emoji strings? Because she sends emoji strings.
2: Oh, yeah. I think you just, you just copy and paste. I think.
0: <sighs> she does a lot of emojis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, she probably has, like, her emoji favorites, like, section where she can just All right,
0: go. you emoji people, let us know the secret to fast emojiing, because apparently Lisa and I don't have that down, because yeah. <laughs> if I'm lucky, if I, I get have, a smiley face out.
2: So I have mine, mine, if I use them regularly, they kind of come, they kind of move and come over to, you know, where I can find them more easily, but, but, yeah, I just, uh...
0: But when's the last time you used a Gandalf emoji?
2: Uh, never. <laughs>
0: That stuck out at me because so I was like, "Gandalf has an emoji. That's cool."
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, you have the next one.
2: Okay, so Sarah sent this in. Um, lost dog, Rowdy, male, four years old, <laughs> one testicle.
0: <laughs> and that's why I made lost you read around, that. One.
2: <laughs> yes, thank you, Glenn. <laughs> lost around Texana Road in Porham, Oklahoma. If found, please call.
0: Now, it's they have pictures of the dog. Yeah, he's very cute. Yeah, well, why did they think it was necessary to put in one testicle if you have pictures of the dog?
2: Because you can identify the dog from the photo, right? Um, You don't have to, like, turn him over and look.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Hey, hold still. (laughs) I got to feel around down there. (laughs) I just thought but it was bizarre that they decided to put that in. It's a cute little dog, but he's a super cute dog. He's a little,
2: he's a little like fuzzy something black with tan points and yeah. looks really cute. I and hope they uh, found him.
0: He's very confused. He's going through life confused because he only has one testicle. It so. has
2: one. Yes.
0: <laughs> I just wanted to hear you read that one. That's why, Fay sent this one yeah. in. <laughs> And also, thank you, Sarah, for allowing me to give that one to Lisa. Uh, Faye <laughs> sent this one in. 12-year-old registered Arabian intact stud. Oh, we have a theme today. <laughs> there we go. Papers in hand. Add some speed and stamina to your foals or cut him and train him. <laughs> <laughs> this horse is solid as a rock. He has never been trimmed and has four perfectly shaped feet. Why oh do goodness. I doubt that? Why am I having doubts I about see, that? One? I don't see any pictures of his feet. Pictures do not yeah. do him justice. Maybe that's why there's no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> he runs all day long back and forth in his pasture and is in tip-top shape. Like, that's a good thing. Right, right. <laughs> you can't wear him out. Guaranteed. He is virtually untouched. So bring a trailer and gloves and we will help load him. He took a really bad, I mean, he took the worst traits in a horse and made it sound positive.
2: Yes, Yeah, this is called creative writing.
0: Yeah, like running back and <laughs> forth in his pasture non-stop driving everybody nuts is a good thing. He's in tip-chop exactly. shape. He <laughs> can't wear him out.
2: it's
0: a good thing. <laughs> and he's untouched. He, made that, he just weaved that into the sentence. You can wear him out, yes. guaranteed. He's virtually untouched, so bring a trailer. It's like, <laughs> And he's 12 years old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was funny. All right, <laughs> Lindsay sent this one in.
8: Hi, Glenn and Jamie. This is Lindsay. Um, I live in New Mexico, and I have a really bad ad for you. Um, this one comes from Facebook. And um, so the the picture of the horse is a really cute um, paint horse. And so the ad starts out, don't bow down. I assume that's the horse's name. And it says, Pinto Carito Pinto, five, six years. <laughs> Hair. Castrated. <laughs> Healthy without tomorrows, no record. One comma sixty to the cross.
0: Wait a minute, I have to go back. Healthy without tomorrows. Is that what uh, she said? And,
2: and did did she say the horse had hair?
0: Yeah, let me go back. I, I'm, I
8: <laughs> Six years. Hair. Yeah. Castrated. Hair. Healthy without tomorrows. That's no record. One comma sixty to the cross well-dressed in clen and cola for kids and adults. And then it gives a phone number. I handle Fleet, Mexico, and USA. More information, inbox, or Watts. The little spool tea. I'm not sure what that means.
0: I feel like that was a foreign, that was like an an alien language. (laughs) I'm
2: not sure what any of it
0: means. (laughs) You're a professional writer, and I don't think you understood any of that. I
2: didn't understand any of that.
0: (laughs) That was wow. a bad ad. I have no idea what they were talking about. Um, wow. Courtney sent this one in. By the way, these are well-read today, guys. Good job. Yeah, they are.
1: Hi, Jamie. Hi, Glenn. I have um, an interesting ad for you. And it's worth noting that I am not from Kentucky, but I live in Kentucky, and I work with Kentuckians. So I'm going to try my best. Oh, good. <laughs> so we have good broodmare. mare. Had her as a foal. Her mother is also for sale. This girl has had four babies and no problem in any of them. She is registered. I don't have papers. I have her pedigree, though. She was an embryo transfer. I haven't made her mom's ad. This mare is rideable. No previous injuries. Loads, ties, trailers, tags up and rides, no problem. Kids can ride a bridleless. Elder people safe as well. I put a six-year-old on her, no problem. This mare is a good brood mare or kid horse. One of my best mares. I will ship her for $2.50 every mile or you must pick her up. I'm um, open to offers of other brood mares or show horses or cash offers only, no lower than 4000 um, And then the interesting parts of it are that there are like 12 pictures, and there are, I'm pretty sure, just like random stock photos of quarter horses. <laughs> <coughs> and also, there's a make and model. Um, you know how on Craigslist you can put a make and model of like a vehicle? Well, they put the make as horse and the model as horse, but the size is 15.3. So, if you want her, she's in Lexington.
0: <laughs> Maybe the pictures were supposed to be her kids. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's funny.
2: That's funny. <laughs> well, our next ad was sent in by Lilla. And this is where, where Jamie would do a really good job reading this ad. I will do my best, but I'm not Jamie, unfortunately. So, um, some sort of horse bridle thingy leather strap. $5. Chico. I have no idea what it is or what it goes to. I live an hour north of Chico up in Manton, but I go to Chico to see family around the 18th of every month. I can get it to you then. And there's a picture, a really dark picture, what looks to me, Glenn, like uh, maybe an English uh, throat latch strap.
0: Yeah, like an old crap strap. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Or something. I don't know.
2: Or something. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard piece to tell of because the photo super dark. <laughs> yeah.
0: And apparently there are no horses in Chico because... uh, Apparently not. Or or in Manton because you have to buy it in Chico. So... Yes. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) No horses up there. (laughs) Allie sent the next one in. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm going to post this one in the auditor room. I'll post a picture. It's English tag for sale and wanted. Barely used, needs good cleaning. Does not sum with irons. (laughs) Now, this... Remember, it says barely used. This is a black... all but, glad, par- it doesn't say barely used. It says barley used. Oh, it does. You're right. <laughs> I was so stuck <laughs> on barely used after looking at the pictures. Uh, it's a black Bar- all-purpose used. saddle, and it's in New Jersey. And um, if this is barely used, then I'd hate to see a used saddle. Because... I mean,
2: seriously, it looks like somebody ran over it with a truck. <laughs> yeah, it does.
0: I mean, the leather's totally worn out. in all the places that you would use a saddle— so uh, yeah, barely used. Kind of not. Uh, this is very used. It's very ancient. It's not worth three hundred dollars. I'm going to tell
2: you. Oh, that. holy cow! No. Not even. Oh my goodness.
0: This is this is one of those piece of crap saddles you find in the attic. Uh, yes. That, that some kid used to death and threw in the attic and then never and came deck yes. down. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> All right. Two more listener red ones. Hi
8: guys, this is Andrew calling from West Virginia with a really bad ad
3: that I found on Craigslist. This ad reads, Free pygmy goats. 11 free pygmy goats. Bought a property and goats came with it. Finally caught them little fellas and had them pinned up in the garage. Old lady's mad and they gotta go quick. Calls and (laughs) texts are best. So I'm guessing that somebody bought a property and... uh, realize that these cute little goats were a lot more work than they were worth
8: well looks like somebody got a good deal
0: <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody the other day who lives in West Virginia and they said that the influx of New Yorkers is incredible right now really and so you get this city family moves out there and they see the goats on the property when they buy it and they go and yeah. goats are the would you agree with oh. me that goats are the most deceiving animals ever
2: absolutely because you yes.
0: pygmy goats especially they look adorable. Yes. And then they will terrorize your life.
2: So so when I was just out of college, I moved to Western Washington State. I was managing an Appaloosa horse racing and breeding show facility there. And so I'm unloading my truck, and um, I, I was living in an apartment upstairs in the barn. And so I left my, my car door, my truck door open, and I took a load up the stairs into the apartment. I come back down, and there is a goat in the front seat of my truck, and she has eaten my steering wheel. <laughs> Her name was Laverne. (laughs) Her name was Laverne. Laverne. And there was this huge chunk out of my steering wheel. It was, I was mind boggled.
0: And they do eat the most bizarre things. And it makes you wonder why she chose the steering wheel.
2: Why not the, why not the like fake leather seats or something, you
0: know? (laughs) Goats are the most deceiving animals ever. They look so innocent and so happy.
2: I know. I I never liked that goat. Now I've liked other goats, but I never liked her. (laughs)
0: There are some good goats, and there are some terrible goats. Apparently, these goats are locked in the garage, and they need to go. (laughs) go. Uh, Megan sent this one in.
5: Hey, good morning, Jamie and Glenn. I've got a really bad ad for you. And this is coming from North Carolina. He is grumpy. He is lazy. As you tack Mm. him up, you see the red mare stare come out in him, laughing hysterically, Emoji. He knows that he won't always get his way, but he makes sure he don't know you, you won't always get yours. He will buck of you, ask him to canter. He loads in my trailer fine, but didn't load in his owner's trailer fine, dot, dot. I ride this horse weekly on trails around the farm and I adore him. However, I already have too many personal horses and he can't be mine, looking up emoji. If you are looking for a playday horse or a walk, jog horse, show horse for your kid, keep looking. He is not the one. If you take ear, penny, and nasty looks personally, keep looking. This is not your guy. If you are a chill person who doesn't mind that he is a teenage red mare stuck in a short, fat, bay gelding body, this could be your guy. If you don't understand that last line, he is not for you. If you enjoy walking along trails, <laughs> sipping beverages, and laughing with friends, hit me up. This is the guy for you. It's low to mid, four, fi- four digits. Winking emoji. <laughs> and there's a really cute picture of him. Um, he's got a teal saddle pad and a matching teal ear bonnet. But the thing is, it's the dead of winter. So is he missing uh, one of his ears? Or what kind of bugs are they trying to protect him from? (laughs) Anyway, have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: All right, another couple of short ones, and then we'll call it a day.
2: Yeah, so this one is from Gwyneth. Uh, Quality horses, and then there's the state abbreviations for South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, and then Facebook. Two and a half year old stallion, dad full blood Arabian, and mom a bay friendly but never been road needs a good person person to take up time with. <laughs>
0: okay, <He> I, looks, <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think. I'm, I'm not think sure what a, a bay is, but.
2: I don't know what a Bahey or an Area mm. Arabian, but uh the horse looks really cute and um you know, they have a two and a half year old stallion that they
0: need to get out of their pasture. Yeah, basically. needs to go. Stallions we seem to have a theme today. We do. Uh yes. Datch, as Jamie would say. Exactly. Uh, Steph sent this one in. Two small quarter horses, thirty five hundred dollars in untung Antanagan, Wherever that is. Good. Yeah. Uh, two small, 14-hand, writable 9-year-old mares. One is get up and go, and the other is just very good at eating.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> well, at least they're honest.
0: <laughs> All right, let's call it a day here. Thank you, everybody, for sending in the ads. By the way, we had some ads that came in that we didn't have time to read today because we were getting caught up on all the others. So Aaron, Casey, Hannah, Jessica, and Maggie, we just didn't have time to get to yours, but you're entered in whatever contest is for the next one. So uh, you'll be get, we'll just keep stacking up the names for whatever the next prizes are, and we should get those from Horse Lovers fairly soon. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Jamie will be back on Monday. Thank you, Lisa, for filling in this week and for Jennifer for filling in for me. I mean, there were two filling co-hosts on Wednesday
2: i know i know we had a good time on wednesday yeah though. i heard that
0: uh i uh, from what i'm hearing from the listeners i can just retire and you guys can do the <laughs> show so that's great i like it uh but yeah, yeah so the um we're going to have a post show here for you shortly and we're going to talk a little bit about uh the seasons and how nobody's ever Ooh. happy in any of them coming up right in the post show after this lisa where can people find your books where can they find you
2: Uh, Amazon.com and Lisa Weisaki, W Y S O C K Y.com.
0: Bye, everybody. Keep living.